This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, we usually talk about personal lines, but let's talk about commercial today. Let's go. What is the secret to commercial success? Relationships. Okay, seriously, that's the key to most any kind of success. It's still the key for commercial line success. It is still a sales world in commercial. Wait a minute, what'd you say? It's sales. Sales, like the S word? It is, the S word. It's still a sales world in commercial. You know, I've been saying that personal lines, it's a marketer's world. Yes, marketing is important in commercial lines, brand development, personal brand development is important. But there is this technical sales coverage, risk analysis, risk management. All of these things get wrapped up into the sales producer, sales agent environment. And I would consider most commercial to also be outside sales versus internal or inside sales. It's definitely still an outside sales world. So I think a lot of people think that marketing and branding and sales are synonymous. I used to, all cards on the table, I used to think that. And I've learned over the years that that is not the case. So when you say that commercial is a sales world versus a marketing world, tell me what that means to you. What it means to me is most commercial lines opportunities are going to be discovered out in the marketplace, you know, physically, in the prospect's place of business, in the prospect's office. There's very little that's going to be closed or sold from sitting at your desk doing quotes. Commercial lines is just too complicated for that. There's enough complexity to the business that you might have some of the business in the standard preferred carrier and you have some of the business in a surplus carrier. It just depends on the marketplace. There's just not this sweet little cookie cutter environment that exists in commercial lines in most situations. And we're talking about significantly more money. Hopefully. There's a couple of things there that I would like to touch on. Um, There's a couple of experiences that we've had. I mean, not to pick on houses of worship or churches when it comes to insurance, but especially when you get into areas like congregationally led churches where you got to meet with the entire church to actually close the business. That can be very time consuming and I have personal experience with spending a lot of time on an account that generated as much as a personal lines account. So you have that end of the spectrum where you spend this ton of time out and about doing business, prospecting. And then you have these other situations where we we once wrote a very easy $2,000 BOP policy that ended up turning into a $200,000 account three years later because of growth. And so it just depends on what you get into and you never know, that's the beauty of commercial. So what does the initial cold call look like in commercial? Well, it's physical, right? It's not virtual in in my view. There may be some different players out there that are getting that done, but most of the commercial business, most of the agents having success in commercial are still doing it in somewhat of a local, regional, basis. We kind of look at it here. We talk about a two-hour, kind of drawing a two-hour circle. 
right, around where we are and staying within that marketplace, generally around what I would call the Texas force country. Marketing outside of that area is going to be something that we don't actively pursue. If it runs at us, fine, we'll consider it. So because of that, we consider cold calls to be in person. We don't do cold calls over the phone. We actually do drop bys. We've had a lot of success just dropping by, shaking hands, and saying hello. What is the time ratio that our commercial team spends outside of the office versus inside the office? From a producer standpoint, at least 50% and sometimes more. And that's been that way since day one. That's something that is a necessity. Now we're talking about the producer side. The account management side is 100% inside the office. They don't leave the office for sales purposes or even renewal purposes. That's the way we're designed. We're designed with an account management support staff and an outward consumer facing, business facing outside sales team. And I wanna point out that our outside sales team is not this super slick, city-fied group. I mean, our guys are super authentic. They go into businesses just who they are, just how they are. And I think that's one of the reasons they are super successful. They are, and that's who we are, that's where we are. So if you think about it, depending on where you are, where your agency is located, being yourself and being who you are and marketing and prospecting as you are is extremely important. Doing something differently, trying to be something that you're not, you will crash and burn quite a bit on the commercial side. And that was some of the things that we talk about. We're in the Texas forest country. There's a lot of pickups here. There's a lot of people that drive pickups. So for those that are not in the South, a pickup is a truck. It's a truck. Okay. So um, (laughs) I'm saying pickup because I'm trying to be geographically generic here so that everybody understands that it's a pickup truck. Truck. How's that? Is that better? So um, our sales guys also happen to, on many days, wear jeans and boots. And they're not in three-piece suits. They're not dressed differently than the marketplace. Just because they're in the insurance business doesn't mean they automatically have to go to suit and tie. That's something that we started years ago. And it's just being comfortable with who we are and letting that be enough. I think one of the keys to successful commercial is really developing those sales skills, being comfortable cold calling. There are so many people in the world that want to make the money that producers make, but they're afraid to cold call. Being willing to have that cold call, say no, go back over time, Understand that you're probably not going to have an opportunity to make a proposal after one cold call. That's generally not going to be the case. Being willing to think about this over a long term. Most of the time, commercial producers, and this is really important for agency owners to understand, it's going to take 18 to 24 months for that commercial producer just to develop the pipeline. And so that's a funding mechanism. Now they're writing a little bit of business. They're going to get lucky every now and then, and they're going to write some business, but they're developing a pipeline over that first 12 months for sure, because you got to think about it. It depends on what you hire. Did you hire someone with experience or not experience? I happen to have a track record of hiring with sales experience, but no insurance experience. So there was producer school, there was 
the technical education that needed to go with that. There was understanding that this business of not you know, especially since one of the salesperson I'm thinking about specifically had a an experience with selling a tangible physical product, and now they're selling an intangible product. They're great at it. They're fantastic at it. But at the same time, it was a different kind of product that they had to move into. And so it took that 12 to 18 months from hire for that pipeline to just be ready to be approached and to be developed. And so that's something to think about as you think about investment here as well. I've talked to a few of our partners over the years who have tossed out the idea of, well, can I have them supplement their paycheck by selling personal lines too? I think they can be a great referral partner to your personal lines team. I struggle with sitting them down and them quoting, doing their own quotes and gathering information and actually being the salesperson on the personal lines. And the reason is because commercial is so different. It's just such a different approach than personal lines in my experience that you're going to take away from their future commercial success. And that supplementing time is pulling away, whether you realize it's happening or not. You're slowing down their time to success or validation by supplementing over here with personal lines. Let them be a referral partner and pay them for those referrals they bring in if you want to do that. But don't sit them at a desk and say, hey, spend X number of hours a day selling personal. And oh, by the way, you need to continue to develop this commercial pipeline. That would be a struggle for me. You're cold calling for the first time. You actually get back to the business owner or the decision maker. What's the first thing you do? Get to know them, build a relationship. I think we are really, really too quick to try to jump into, I want your business. You have to have some type of relationship, build some level of trust before you do that. You have to be human first because they're getting sold all the time. I get calls all the time, people trying to stop by, call me, want to solicit. And the ones that actually I will stop and talk to are the ones who are just wanting to get to know my business. They want to understand my business. I think that approach, which is actually a risk management type approach, is the best way to go about it. I had a sales mentor for years that told me if I was talking more than 10% of the time, then I was trying to sell them. I think that's true. Ask them about their business. How, tell me about your business. Who doesn't love to talk about the baby that they've built? The business. This, most of these individuals that are entrepreneurs that own these businesses, I mean, it's their life's work. You need to understand that business before you think you can actually do them any good as a risk manager. I shift and I've started using risk manager. That's important. Risk management approach versus sales approach is even better because you're selling without selling because you're going in, you're uncovering, you're seeing the weaknesses, you're seeing the strengths, and you're starting to figure out, okay, how can I be a risk management consultant? How can I be a long-term partner with this particular prospect that's at that point of where that trust building happens where it's a given that you're going to become their agent? See, I knew you weren't going to let us be salespeople very long. Yeah. Let's say we made it somewhere around 12 minutes. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I cannot stand being sold, so obviously I go away from that. And I pay attention to someone's office. To me, that's just one of those 
really important things long term because people surround themselves with what's most important to them. And I think that's a great way to connect beyond the business to what's important to them personally. Understanding that person, understanding that business is critical in the business of commercial insurance and what we do. There are some programs out there that I'm aware of that really train and gear commercial producers down this path of risk analysis and risk management with the end result being an agent of record. I'm not sure I love that, but that's actually something that I've seen that is really interesting to me. You basically go in and you become that expert. You as an agent, you as a risk manager, you invest your time first, you consult with them, and the end result, more times than not, is my agent's never done this for me. Can you become my agent? So it's a sales approach of somewhat, I hate to call it free, but it's consultation, right? It's risk analysis. It's understanding their business. It's what's important to them, what keeps them up at night, what makes them worry and then how can you solve for that problem how can you help them and a lot of programs there's a lot of producer training programs out there that do this with the end result being agent of record in many cases so are we doing that in-house now depends on the situation because of our agent group and because of our relationship with our carriers i struggle with that because we have these really strong relationships with our carrier partners and i want to bring value to our carrier partners and agent of record changes don't always bring value to carrier partners because they're just moving from one agent to the other and they create friction at the carrier level and so it's great for agents that are winning the business but it creates this friction environment at the carrier level and the carrier didn't gain a new client the carrier kept the same client just had to work with a different agent and so i have always struggled with the broker or agent of record approach that's just on the surface as a constant thing that you know do we target that no we do not target that we're generally going to target do we have a market that fits this client better? If we don't, and they're with the best carrier for their risk, and that customer wants us to become their agent, then yes, as a final option, we will consider an agent of record. So what does the sales cycle look like from the initial cold call to signing on the electronic dotted line? It varies, obviously, by size and complexity. It is... Also determined based on where that company is, where that prospect is. We take a pretty hard stance to the prospect that wants to play politics with their insurance. They want to scatter their insurance around to different agencies because they may be a contractor, say, that also has customers that are insurance agencies. (laughs) Situations like that, the cycle, we're just going to stay away from that completely. We're, we're basically going to bow out and say, if we can't be your full-time agent, then we're not interested in you being our full-time client. So we practice what we preach on personal lines, on commercial lines Absolutely. As well. okay. Absolutely. Because getting a piece of the business is a really, really good way to uh, have an E&O claim. Getting the entire package is really important. And I think that it's the best case of risk management. Thinking about it there and taking this sort of standard approach, if it's a typical prospect with medium level complexity, I would say 90 to 120 days at a minimum if you get a chance to actually propose their insurance that year. You have to keep in mind that a lot of times you hit a prospect and their renewal was three months ago. 
And so that's a little bit different of a cycle. You don't necessarily know when they renew. Do we stay away from writing the personal lines of commercial clients? No way. We always want to get the personal lines insurance of the commercial clients. The reason I ask that question is I have talked with agents that very much feel that those should remain separate. That if something goes wrong on a personal lines claim, they don't want to risk the commercial business. So a commercial lines heavy producer or a commercial lines heavy agency in most independent agencies in the marketplace, traditional independent agency in the marketplace have pretty dominant commercial lines department. And if the commercial lines area is leading things, it's always going to be, don't let that personal lines policy mess up my account. That does exist. We end up with these departmental silos and we end up trying to protect things. If you got a $300,000 premium account generating $40,000 a year, you don't want that $5,000 personal lines account to be messed up. My problem is then who? What you're going to do is tell this business owner that you value them on their business, but you don't value them on their personal insurance. I don't like that fear approach of I'm afraid this is going to get messed up, so I don't want to do it. Just get better. Just have better training with your people, get better at things. If the claim goes sideways, hopefully your relationship is good enough and your skill set is good enough that you you have a good communication piece there. But I do not like shying away from that. And I understand. I get that conversation a lot as well, but I don't understand it and I don't live by that. What should someone spend on schmoozing a commercial client. This is a tough one for me because we're not very good smoozers. I think that we're good enough at what we do. I think that our approach is that we're professional, that we're going to take care of our business, and that should be enough. But I know that's not necessarily industry-wide. I know that there's hunting trips and there's golf outings and there's various things, right? That's not how we do things. That's not what we do. And so I don't have a dollar figure or I don't have necessarily a time. Now, do we do things to show appreciation? Sure, we do things to show appreciation. But you got to be really careful there. I've always felt like insurance is a business where rebating is against the law. And so you got to really be careful there of are you getting the business because you took them on this trip or what? You know, how is this working? And every time I've seen situations like that with agencies out there, I've always wondered, how are you drawing that line? And maybe I'm not smart enough to draw that line clearly, but I am very familiar with plenty of commercial prospects that aren't necessarily in the right place from a coverage standpoint, but they can't move their account because they get to go on that hunting trip every year. So what about the little things? What promotional items do we take? How often do we do it? Looking at it from a little bit smaller perspective than, you know, the annual cruise with a hundred of your biggest clients. I don't know that we are gimmicky or leave behind or marketing things oriented as much as we are touching base, relationship building. How are you? How's your business? Is there anything we can do to help your business? That is more on the commercial side of things that we do that I would say has worked for us versus 
here's a new notepad. It's just never been impactful for us. It's never been something that we've done. The one exception to that is Christmas. We've always done something around Christmas with larger commercial accounts, whether that be a poinsettia or whether that be a package of some sort, Christmas gift of some sort. The increase just in our society of that whole industry of gift sending around Christmas to clients has amazed me. I've been the benefactor of that from the carrier side and then we've been the giver on so many occasions to the account side, the commercial account side and the agent side. And so I just am mesmerized at the amount of things, sometimes to my crazy surprise as the number of things that are out there that are given around Christmas time. But that's kind of that thing for us. I'll tell you one of the changes that I made when I was in a, a primary sales role is I quit doing Christmas and I started doing Thanksgiving. Because when you start taking stuff to businesses at Christmas, they're getting stuff every day. If you take them a fried turkey the week of Thanksgiving, that's a whole different story. It is. And if something happens and you don't take them a fried turkey one year, they're calling you wanting to know if you're okay. I've, for the last several years, gotten some steaks. They were around Thanksgiving. I didn't get these steaks last year. And so you know who you are if you're listening. And I remembered it to your point. Like, I'm like, man, we didn't get the steaks because we've been getting these steaks. And that's what we would, I would take those steaks with us when we would go on our anniversary trip. Julie and I would go on our anniversary trip and we would cook these steaks. And so for three or four years, we've been cooking these steaks at our anniversary trip. And I didn't have them last year. And like, what am I going to do? And we had these. We had to buy some steaks, and it was not very good, and the steaks weren't as good. And so we've been spoiled by this one insurance company. I don't know if they stopped or if they forgot, or maybe we're not as good of an agent as we once were, but (laughs) we didn't get the steaks last year, and it was the one thing I remembered, to your point of... Don't forget the turkey if you start the turkey, right? So I think doing things at Thanksgiving, doing things, I know this sounds quirky, but I always did St. Patrick's Day. Like I always took gifts to my clients on St. Because nobody does that. And so people would remember that I always took them things for St. Patrick's Day or I would do Mardi Gras. Um, And I always did something for clients on my birthday because it was just kind of something memorable. And I think doing, doing things that are different is key. It is, and what's really hard for me here is if you're a love language believer in that and and you've done the love five love language things, what I understood a long time ago is that my number five is gift giving. Gifts is not my thing, right? right? And so I've struggled here, and it's important to show that appreciation, especially in this commercial arena. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, that doesn't matter to me, you know, until these stakes come along. And then I'm questioning whether or not my love language of gifts has moved to like a three. Maybe it's moved from a five to a three because of these stakes. I think it is something to understand that it may not be you, but it could be appreciated by your client. So if you had to give a quick overview of how to be successful starting a commercial department of an independent agency, what would you say? I think that, number one, don't try to turn your producer into your support person. The dynamic of needing support separate from producing and not having your producer be the support person is extremely important. 
I think that's number one. So funding becomes important, which is why agents that start up from scratch that have this personal lines background, I'm such an advocate of those agents building up their personal lines book to the point that they are able to take and invest in this. I think doing that is really important and having that outside salesperson, that skill set, testing them. If it's not going to be you, one angle is always to say, I'm going to step out of personal lines as an agency owner and I'm going to become the commercial lines producer. That's okay. But treat yourself as that producer. Put yourself through producer school. Put yourself through that training and hire the account manager that's going to be dedicated to the commercial side for you, with you. If you're going to stay in personal or stay at the agency owner level and not do the work yourself, then you have to understand that you've got to hire both a producer and an account manager. Doing both is very, very difficult because you're going to want to push this producer into the prospecting realm But at the same time, there's paperwork to be done. There's applications, submissions to get done, marketed to carriers. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, and that producer needs to stay out there building the pipeline. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball on one thing and say there is one difference here that would just take everything that we've been talking about and throw it out the window, and that is if you are going to try to build a commercial lines business around wide geographic area, through extreme niche-oriented classes of business. And just a simple example I would use. If you say, you know what, I want to sell insurance to florist across 15 states, across the South. I'm going to become the florist insurance expert. Then you're kind of going wide on a geographic basis and very narrow on a class. And I am seeing some of that happen. And agents are using their marketing skills, their social media skills. Maybe there's a passion. Maybe you have some kind of experience within a class of business like that florist industry. And you're going to go become the florist insurance expert. Now, in that case, everything that we've been talking about out in about physical prospecting turns into trade show prospecting, turns into online, social media, marketing as that expert. And I'm seeing that happen. That is something that is potentially uh, doable. But if you're going to stay within more of a local geographic market, then you're going to be out and about. You're going to be producer and account manager oriented. So I'm going to leave us with this quote from Kobe Bryant. And he said, I don't want to be the next Michael Jordan. I only want to be Kobe Bryant. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. (laughs) Y'all should see the look on his face. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.